you have tuned in to the greatest podcasts in the world. Congratulate yourself on your brilliance and intelligence. And now, the man who will guide us through the most brilliant podcasts in the world, I give to you Barack Lurie. All right, all right. You know what? I should never have given the mic to this uh, to Ari David guy. Thank you, Ari. Always a pleasure. Sometimes, actually. Uh, all right. Today, we, we, we have, we're living in a wackaday world. I mean, we, we talked, uh, I don't know how many podcasts ago about how, uh, you know, just 10 years ago, you would never have expected the world that we now have today, right? Uh, transgender bathrooms, uh, gay marriage, uh, things like this, okay? There's, there's just so many things going on, and they're racing toward ever-increasing bizarreness, okay? And I think that's a very fair statement. Just 10 years ago, that's all. Maybe in, in some contexts, maybe seven years ago. But here we are, as they say. And then, of course, what's happening in the Muslim world and what's happening in Europe uh, with all the migrants coming in. It, very bizarre things, one step at a time, are, are happening. And, and one of the things I think that part of the reason why these things are happening is the sense that you can change human nature, that things that are timeless can be changed, right? The, uh, the best example I can think of is this notion that somehow you can change boys into girls or make them love uh, dolls, that it's all socialized, you understand. And so, you know, that, that's a good thing to train them to love dolls, and it's a good thing to train girls to love cars and, and fighting devices, things like that. And, but the... the the topic that we want to focus on today is what things will never change and what things should never, should never change, okay? So, for example, uh, look, greed will never change, okay? Now, I'd love it to change, but it's not going to change. Will there be jealousy in the world? Yes. Will there be gossip in the world? Yes. So that doesn't fall under the category of something that should change. I'm sorry, should never change. It's something that should change, right? But what about those things that aren't never, are never going to change and should never change? And there's quite a few things. Okay, one, uh, it, it, I mean, there's, there's so many of them. One of them you brought off, uh, up offline, Ari, I, I liked it very much, was uh, the, no, the notion of honest humor. Just good, old-fashioned, gut-wrenching, honest humor. People love it when you, you are able to, to laugh at, at a reality of life, right? I, I saw some comedian talk about how, how funny people act when it comes to texting. Like they, they see the little three dots that there's, there's going to be a response, and you quickly want to send a text in between to make sure that you, you send your point before you get the, the other text. It was hilarious. But... That's, that's honest humor. And then other movies like, uh, like Airplane, I think you mentioned. And uh, I think you said Saving Private Ryan. And I don't think that was a comedy, my friend. But there you go. So Airplane, you have... Um, well, Blazing Saddles, Blazing, Doctor yeah. Strange Love, Life of Brian. Those things yeah. were... Mighty Python, things yeah. like this. Uh, things that are so timeless and so funny. Um, and there's a reason for that. Because they, they really make fun of... They, they hold a mirror up to ourselves. So those things where you can laugh at yourself is a, is a timeless value, and furthermore, it's something that will never change and should never change. All right. Uh, how about this? The notion that power always corrupts. We, we, we know that power always corrupts, and if you understand that power always corrupts, 
you'll always respond to it. You don't try to change that. Okay. So, what do I mean by that? Uh, what we have instead is a is a culture today that seems to embrace more and more power, and thinks that by giving more power, better things will happen. And it, it never does. It, it never has, and it never will. You know, the, the thing that brought this all up is a, is a funny. Funny enough, is a commercial from the the 70s and the 80s, I think it was, and it was when Seven Up was trying to tout itself as a great new cola, because it was the uncola, right? And then they said, "No caffeine, never had it, never will," right? And I love that accent, by the way, it's really cool. But that's that's what I, I want to talk about. What what things <laughs> will never change? You know, hasn't been different, never will be different. Right? That sort of thing. And the notion of power and the way people corrupt power, that's not going to change. That's why we always need a balance of power and, and you know, checks and balances and such in the government and otherwise. Um, it, you'll notice, for example, that uh, all, all the leaders of the past of dictatorships, they all fall. They all have one thing in common when they fall. They're always so surprised. Do you notice that? Right? Ceausescu. He was very surprised. Emperor Hirohito, they had no idea, you know, what was going to happen to him. Um, you know, Hitler to some extent. Uh, every leader, and then there was like three others I had in mind. I can't remember them all together. But oh, Saddam Hussein, he was very surprised. And he thought he could negotiate with, with, with the Americans who had already taken over the entire country. And, and they, they're so surprised. But in America and true democracies... Uh, they're always watching themselves. And the reason why is that they know that they can only go so far without being pushed back. That's the way we are. Our human nature is to, to be greedy, yeah, uh, to, to take those things that don't really belong to us if we're invited to do so. Or specifically to take as much as we can. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. So, so that notion we need to understand, that things that, that will not change and perhaps should not change, even there, even there, Okay, now because it, it, it's a motivating factor, it makes it brings out the be, best in us. By, but not being greedy. On the contrary, by by seeking out the most profits, you are able to be the most generous that you can, and so on like that. So you can call that greed if you want, but it's not really greed. It's a sense of of drive, a sense of drive to to make money. Yes, uh, but making the, the desire to make money doesn't make you automatically greedy. All right, but let's move on. I want to talk about other things. Um, some things will, here, here's another thing that will never change. Laziness, okay? Laziness, when offered, will always be accepted. So what do I mean by that? If you offer people handouts like affirmative action or welfare or food stamps and you, and, or free iPhones, whatever the case may be, free gas, they'll take it. If you, or if you tell them they don't need to, to have a job, thank you very much. I don't need to have a job. And they'll take a lot less money so long as that they have security, which leads me to, to, the, to the next point, which is people will always have the need for security, <laughs> always, right? That, that's the number one thing, that the notion of freedom versus responsibility, uh, freedom, uh, sorry, uh, security versus responsibility, security will always win. Uh, those, that, that is, again, something that will not change ever and should never change. I don't want to be somebody who's dependent on, on anybody else. But I, I want to fight for freedom. I want to fight for my own responsibility as well. 
And then, of course, in the international relations, right? When it, this is this is, and what brings this up, the following up, is the comment from our dear president, President Obama, saying that if only they unclench their fist, we'll be able to shake their hands, right? Or only if we unclench their our fist. Our fist. Right? Oh, I see. Our fist. Well, no, no, we, well, I, I think he said, in, in fairness to Obama, he said, we, we, we are reaching out to you so long as you unclench your fist. In other words, that they're the stubborn ones and we're reaching out to you. It doesn't okay. matter. It's, it's something like that. Yeah. yeah. But the it, point is it that— It was so unclear, we don't even know right, We don't even sure. know. <laughs> right. But, but what he does believe is that somehow if he reduces the military, right, reduces our nuclear arms and such, uh, and otherwise, you know, kind of downplays—if we downplay ourselves— that somehow everyone will be much more open to us and want to trade with us and do great things with us, and, and we're suddenly, you know, kumbaya. And, and that has happened in the history of the world, never. Okay? It, it has never occurred that better relationships have occurred because a country has, has decided to downsize itself. Never. Okay? Didn't happen with Rome. Didn't happen with Greece. It, it, the only time that... that powers got respected was because was when they assumed great power was when they asserted themselves Rome is a good example Greece was a good example it's when they didn't care about themselves anymore when they when they weren't very aggressive about enforcing their borders as it were that they started collapsing and and why somebody couldn't learn from that lesson is is a mystery to me but that's that's something that will never change you you, you the one thing that will always be understood is strength. Strength will lead you to uh, security. But, and that should never change, and it won't, it won't ever change. So those, these are really powerful things. Now, you may have some other ideas in mind, and we're going to come to the big one, of course, and that is the difference between... Men and women? That's right. Oh, <laughs> so they're different now. <laughs> yeah. As it turns out, <laughs> they, they will be different. Or I should say... <clears throat> So they're different again. <laughs> yes, yes. For purposes of this conversation, we will assume the wildly implausible. That Just imagine that men and women are different, okay? I know that's hard to believe. That your genitals do define your gender? Yes, it yeah. does. Uh, just imagine that crazy scenario where a world where men, when they want to relieve themselves or change in a locker room, that they go to their own separate place. Yeah. <laughs> they... Uh, they just to say, and, and you know what? There might even be a sign above the door, and it says men, right? And assuming that you know that you're a man, <laughs> you would go to that room. <laughs> if you're a woman, you might go to the, to the sign, and above that it would say women. And then you would go to that room. I, I mean, and everything would be kind of clean in that way. It would be very simple, and, and that way men and women wouldn't have to hear each other, you know, relieve themselves, which I find to be repulsive. I wouldn't want that. But that, that's the way it would be. I mean, that's, I think that's a simple solution to an otherwise complex problem. <laughs> uh, and plus, I think we would avoid the danger. But I know that's a hypothetical, crazy world that I'm envisioning. And that would be so, what's the word, discriminatory to, to propose such an idea. And, and no doubt it would be very unconstitutional. I think what you are is you're an anti-hawkingist because you're trying to avoid the inevitable moment of singularity where we ah. come to one bathroom. Yes, that's right. We were all discussed that before. Yes, that's right. Imagine the saving on plumbing. 
Anyway, <laughs> I think it's two rooms, and that's ridiculous. We shall all be condemned to the same line. Anyway, so imagine a world where men and women are indeed different, and, and, and they always will be. All kidding aside, men and women will always be different. It, it, it doesn't matter how much you want it to be that they're the same. They will never be the same. Uh, women continually be, are, are, are just flummoxed, flummoxed by the differences in men. We men are less flummoxed by the differences between us and, and women because women are constantly telling us how different and unique they are. We don't do that as much. So when we do tell them this is why we're different, they're shocked, positively shocked. I mean, for example, the other day I was trying to tell, uh, and here's a, a change that will never, that, sorry, a fact that will never change, that men, that, that their lust is so powerful that it is... I would say 10 times more powerful than a, a rare steak, a piece of rare steak in front of a very hungry wolf. 10 times more powerful than that. When they say, I see a beautiful woman who's shapely and such and attractive, and she's wearing yoga pants or whatever you want, the man thinks, I want to jump on her. That's, that's the way it is. Now, yeah. he, doesn't, he doesn't do it. He, he, he you know, controls himself, of course. But this is what he's thinking. Okay, now you women out there may say, "Oh, there's a, sometimes there's a very nice man. I really want to kiss him." No, this is not kissing. This is about sex. Okay, this is the way men think, and there's a reason why 95 percent—I don't know what that percentage is—but it's a huge, high percentage uh, of the viewership uh, on porn is men, and and the remaining five percent uh, are probably couples, you know, with the men. And don't forget the same ratio is true for romance novels. Yeah. What percentage of men, not gay men, right. regular guys like... Heterosexual Have you ever read a romance novel? No. Ever? Me not neither. interested. Have you ever read Jane Austen? Not interested. No. <laughs> Sorry. Never. I'm not, not even interested happen. in the Bridges of Madison County. No. <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> okay? But women, they... I mean, it's a, it's a great marketing opportunity. If you write that kind of stuff, you right. will sell it to right. women. Right. But, the most romantic uh, novel I think I ever read was uh, True Grit. The most romantic <laughs> which, novel. Which has nothing in it. <laughs> the most romantic movie I ever saw was Apocalypse Now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we like action. And, that, and that's, that's what I mean. <laughs> that's what it is. And, and that's the way, we, you know, and that's the way it should be. It should always be. We men like action movies, aliens, Terminator, you know, James Bond movies. You name it, that's what we like. And, uh, you know, the women, they, they, they'll go, come with us. But in reality, they prefer a, a, a movie that talks about families and relationships, which is fine. I'm not mocking it. It's simply very different. And that's the way they're built and we're differently. And, I, and, and it's so funny when you talk to so many women who tell us the way things should be, and then you tell them the way men actually think, and they are positively shocked. And Especially, horrified. Well, <laughs> yeah, but then they tell you you should control yourselves. And I... And I, I I mean, would you put? We you know, do. I know that's the point. Of course, exactly right. And, and but 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 it's cruel. Also, it's like waving a, a flask of whiskey in front of an alcoholic, right? And the smell comes, and he he wants that whiskey. You that would be cruel to do that to an alcoholic, right? Likewise, it would be cruel to taunt a dog with a, a very with hungry a dog chop. with a lamb yeah. chop. Uh, and and I can give so many other examples. Why would you do that? Why was why we? I mean, putting aside the distraction element to it, because we are so driven by the visual, why would you do that? It's it's not. It's really not. It's it's very cruel. But anyway, putting that aside, because we're not talking about the the issues of yoga pants and such. 
It's the fact that there are differences in the way that men and women approach life, generally speaking. We seek to build, we seek to conquer, we, say, we seek to, to create, okay? And women are more focused on the house, they seek to nurture, they seek more in the family arena, okay? That, that's, that's the way it is, and you know what? Perhaps that's the way it always should be. And will, will there be exceptions? Of course there always will be. But so what? There's, there's exceptions in everything. There, there, are, there are people that, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, like uh, there are a couple of friends we know, a mutual friend we know who love honey all the time. And all, all they can talk about is honey. That's their, their addiction. Fine. Okay. That's what they, they like and such like that. But I'm not interested in it. He is. Okay. And there are some women who love uh, the idea of rock climbing. Fine. Let it be. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about that the vast majority of men should still be in the category of seeking to conquer, seeking to build, seeking to, to create. That's the way you women actually want it. And if you, if you don't have such a man, you feel and think less of him, right? And likewise, for the men, you know, if, if a woman is all, you know, talking about, uh, you know, kind of scratching her groin and, and uh, not putting on makeup and not making any effort to look pretty, um, and not acting feminine, you know, look, um, it, it just is not as appealing. We're just not as interested. It, it's, that's the way it's going to be and probably, perhaps the way it always should be. There's a reason why there are these distinctions. And you have to ask yourself why. Because it works. It's, it's the element that makes life fascinating and exciting. If, if you're just hanging out with people who are more or less like you but have different genitals, uh, then, then why not just hang out with the people who have the same genitals? It's not the, you know, big deal, right? It's all sexual pleasure. I mean, especially when it comes to, let's say, oral sex, right? Why, why not, you know, what does it matter, right? Why would you be uh, with a, a, a woman instead of a man? It's, it's all the same thing down there, right? I mean, I, I hate to be gross about it, but why are you interested in the opposite sex, assuming you're heterosexual? Why? And, and, and ask yourself that question. And I, I dare say that a woman will still always like it when a man holds the door for her, when he treats her like a lady and asks her about her day and, and uh, treats her with the respect that as a man should show to a woman. And why women don't honor that, why they don't like that, that's a mystery to me. Now they say, no, we want the respect just to be treated as equals. Yeah, but we are treating you as equals. We are. It's just that this is a reminder to us. We are engaging in the behavioral uh, pattern of doing things. So it reminds us, this is a special lady. Understand that you are stronger than them usually. And they have different uh, encouragements in their lives and different needs. And, and so, so it helps us understand that. It reminds us, kind of like a kippah on a, uh, uh, on a Jewish head, a male head. It reminds us, you know, that to always be thinking about God or the other things that we constantly do to remind ourselves about God's existence. Why not have these behavioral patterns? They're nice. I like it. And, and I, I like paying for a, a girl's, uh, for, for a date. I like to pay for that. And I, I dare say that they like it too. I have a question about that. Do you have a problem with being treated to a meal by a lady? No, not at all. In fact, I would say, look, for me, on the first date, I think there's an assumption, and I think a good assumption, that a man should take care of that date, okay? 
And I think the second, and you know what? In fact, it, the assumption should be that the man's going to take care of it. I think it's nice when a woman takes care of it once every third or fourth date, or, or and it just insists on it. And says, "Listen, this time you always take care of it. This time, just let me allow it once in a while. It would be a pleasure." Um, in other words, not to make it equal. Uh, you know, once in a while in a blue blue moon, that's a good idea. I learned this lesson, by the way, myself. Uh, when I was in law school, up through the time I was in law school, uh, I had been told that everything should be equal, you know, between men and women, and that, that that's a good thing. You know, don't hold the door open for them. Uh, don't pay for them. Uh, don't stand up for them. Uh, uh, yeah. back, back, I, I lost my train of thought for a second. You learned what? Yeah, yeah. It, it, but, uh, listen, but hold this on. was what was taught in law school. No, no, it's 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 in the culture of law school, but also in the culture of undergrad, right? I went to Stanford for undergrad. It's a very liberal school, right. and they, they kind of make these these things. And I'm, I'm a woman's sexual freedom. It means men's sexual freedom, and things nonsense like this. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, so, and, and that goes to another point that I want to bring up soon. They'll have all these phrases and all these assumptions, and then you say, okay, well, let's make it everything equal. And then I go, I go on a date with a woman who, you know, she's very. Um, Modern. She's going to be a lawyer herself. She went to Harvard Law School. She's, you know, very strong and very intellectually savvy. And we go out for dinner, and uh, the bill comes, and here's my time to shine. And I'll say, okay, well, we'll just split it then. And, uh, you know, here's yours, and here's mine. And, and she, she paid for half of it, you know, just like uh, we proposed. And then I, I, I go, and I, um, I drop her off into the house. She opens the door, and she runs away. And I, and I knew exactly why she ran away, because she thought that that was not appropriate for me to expect her to pay half of the bill. So I, at that moment, and I learned very quickly, by the way, folks, at that moment, I said, okay, this, everything I, I was taught is BS. A woman wants you to take care of her, and a man should want to take care of her. Basic, right? So... Don't worry, it was one time. Right. One that time, was, and I learned yeah, it instantly. I, I know, but that leads me, I think, to something that will never change. Yeah. Here's a big one. What you learn from your parents is true. What you learn from everyone else may be true, but probably isn't if it conflicts right. with what you learn from your parents. Right. Well, because I right. know your parents probably taught you the other way. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, no, it was, it was but isn't that an clear. amazing juxtaposition of what's real? Because... I mean, what nonsense. It was totally nonsense. It's the equivalent of uh, thinking that I could uh, learn how to swim a completely different way and everything should work out on paper. It just doesn't, it doesn't work out in reality. You have, to, you have to, there's only one way to swim, as it turns out. And in life, when it comes to dating, there's really only, only one way to date, that the man needs to lead. Just like in dance, right? There's an assumption that the man leads. You know, if, if you're constantly wondering who's leading, then you're going to be tripping over each other all the time. Now, and a very similar thing, and this is going to sound funny, but we talked before on my Sunday show about how men, sorry, women should be saying no to men much more often, okay? And, and the reason, there's a whole bunch of reasons, but I drilled down to the main point, which is that women and sex, uh, that, that animal we have to be very careful with. A woman who sleeps around a lot, uh, they will be considered, the, the word for it is slut, right? 
And it's a it's a it's a not a pleasant word. It's not a swear, but it's a very demeaning word, right? But both men and women, both of them, will think that in their heads if they see a woman who just sleeps with anybody. You think, and, and let's say she's proud of it, right? Because that's the whole point. I mean, if if she's sleeping around and keeping it a secret, well, then there's a reason why she's keeping it a secret because she doesn't want to be called a slut, right? So let's say she she takes out this this uh, she she tries to prove herself and and what's the test out her theory that um, she should be able to sleep as, with as many men as she likes and as she announces it and she goes oh wow tell yeah tell everyone about it and tell everyone about it oh yeah he's hot you know I totally bagged him oh that guy over there whew, I had a little piece of him last night right I mean you know talking like guys and uh, talking and, and you know what everyone's thinking of her is what a slut that's, that's the, only, the only thing you're thinking of. And you can say, gosh, golly, that's really unfair. Because men don't have that same thing. There's no such thing as a male slut, right? And, and on the contrary, guys will brag about it. I had that, I had that. <laughs> and you don't think any less of him other than he's just a bragger, right? I, I suppose. But you wouldn't think of him as somebody who, who feels he's a cheap person, who, who doesn't respect himself, his own body, that sort of thing. But, but we do feel that a man who doesn't act brave when the time is necessary to be brave, we think less of him. There is, he's a coward, and that's also a strong phrase, right? And there's a different word for him that is also derogatory. Yeah. I'm not going to say. Yeah, it starts with the letter P. Felines. Yes, right, right. It starts with the letter P. We'll, say, we'll just use that, and everyone knows what that means. But there, but there is no such thing as a female coward. Just like there's no such thing as a male slut, there is no such thing as a, uh, as a, as a female coward. No, a woman because they're not expected. A woman who behaves that way is considered smart. Yeah, because she protected herself. Yeah, she protected herself. Maybe she's protecting her family. And some danger comes along the way. Okay, kids, we're going over there. Thank you very much. And she's not going to confront the situation. No, Charlie. You know, and she'll even drag her husband away from the problem because he, she's concerned that that her husband is going to get into the fray, and she's afraid for him. But there is no such thing as a female coward. That's it. Okay? And maybe it should always be so. Maybe it, it is the role of the man. Get the man to, to, to fight and get the woman to nurture. Maybe that's, there's something to that. Because, you know, a, a woman is sleeping around and makes herself so easy, literally the word easy, ends up making it too easy for a man to not do his job. Right? The reason why women like men is because they sense that they're brave, that, they're, that they have honor, that they have integrity, and that they'll do the right thing, and that they're strong and smart and, and make money or whatever it might be. So hold off. If you make it easier to the man, well, then he won't, he won't have the incentive. And as I said in my Sunday show, and here's a big difference, while women may enjoy sex, sex is not the motivating factor in their lives. In everything they do. Right. For men, sex is a huge factor in their lives. Huge. Especially up to marriage. I mean, until the time. No, no, It's, it's no. everything. It's you think it's everything. Huge. It's not huge. It's everything. <laughs> it's okay. It's, All everything right. I do, I will admit, has to do with achieving right. that pleasure. And achieving it in the right way with the right person. Right, My right. wife. Of, of course. course. Of course. But everything. But, 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 okay, so the point is that it's very paramount in a man's life. 
and it's, it's merely pleasurable and maybe even intensely pleasurable for a woman, but they, it doesn't drive them to do what they're going to do. Uh, um, that, that's the reason why men hope that women are looking at them during the uh, football practice or during the track and field meet or, or uh, you know, <laughs> the math, the math uh, Olympics or whatever it might be that they're really good at. Or the gladiator pit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or or to, to see them going into battle because they want to impress the woman. And no such thing occurs in reverse, right? A, yeah. a woman will never go to, to be on the volleyball team, for example, or the basketball team, or the or the water polo women's team, to impress uh, a man that she's she desires. It, it just doesn't work that way. We we all know this. It's so basic, but we have to explain this. We have to show these differences. We have to explain how the world works yet again, right? And but this is the way it should be. It should be that we're trying to impress the ladies. And the ladies are, are are trying to be pretty. That's the way it works. And, and, and it should always be that way. Yeah, well, I think with the point you're getting at from the theme of this is that not only should it be that way, it is that way. Right. What should be is that everyone should know that this is the way it is, and we should stop trying to change things that can't right. be changed. That's it right. is an immovable object. Right. Let me, let me explain even further uh, uh, a certain point. You know... In the transgendered world and all that stuff, they they imagine a world, and I I know they do because first of all there's not so many of them, but nevertheless they imagine a world where, in the in the future, 50 years from now, and there's there's Thanksgiving, let's say, then your transgendered cousin comes in and and they just walk in and here's Sally who used to be Harry. No, Pat. Pat, whatever. So it's Pat or Terry. Okay. <laughs> you know that. So uh, you're derailing my point, right. but. <laughs> So here, here comes Sally, who used to be Harry, and and uh, you know you just say, oh well, no big deal, and and then they sit down and they talk, and and he's wearing a skirt, and he may or may not have a penis anymore, but nevertheless, there he is, you know, and they're talking about stuff, whatever that stuff may be. Maybe he likes to talk about basketball. Maybe he likes to talk about knitting. Who knows, right? But it's all good, no big deal. It's it's just his choice, right? And but but that will never be. You can say, sadly, that'll never be, and maybe that is sad, but it will never be, and I'll tell you why. Because when you see the, the person on the street, uh, well, you, you like this. All right, so let's say you see a person on the street, and, and, and it's some guy that, that's a dude that, uh, that is dressing now like a woman, with or without a penis, but he used to be, he used to be a, a man, period, right? And you, you just can't escape that. So he's walking down, and he's getting looks. And they're not like catcall looks. They're not like, I'm attracted to you looks, right? Both the women and the men, both of them are, are disgusted by it, okay? Now, whether that's right or wrong, we can, discuss, we can talk about that all the day. But they are disgusted, and you know what? They always will be disgusted. You don't have to like that, but they always will be disgusted. They will never truly accept him. Uh, now, is it nice to certainly, I'm not. I'm not saying that they should beat him up, that that they should, uh, you know, try to trip him up and and ruin his career or whatever it is. Of course not, or treat him like an outcast. I I get that, but don't think for a moment that people are not thinking, wow, that's a weird dude. Okay, that they are, they are, okay. And you know why? Both men and women are looking at that guy, because the women are saying, hey, honey, you ain't no lady, <laughs> right? And the guys are looking at him and saying, boy, you really are. You, you, you're whacked out, man. I, I, this is not what guys are supposed to be doing, 
right? I can't get down with that. That's, I cannot that's get freaky down with that. Freaky, man. Right? It's freaky. So, and that's what's going on. And the reason why, it's very simple. Both of them, both the, the sexes are looking at that guy and saying, you are not playing according to your role. Your role, if you're a woman, is to push the men off, to, be, to focus on being pretty and attractive in that one way, and being a good mom or a good sister or a good family person. That's your role. You're allowed, of course. To, that doesn't mean you can't get a job and all those things. I'm not, we're not talking about that, and please don't suggest otherwise. Yeah, you can roar if you want. And roar. We'll hear you. Yeah, no yeah. problem. Uh, and, and the men, you know, we're expected to go out there and conquer and to, to be creative and be productive and all those things. And, and we're not going to be so great in nurturing as the ladies are. That's your role. We expect you to show courage. And when we, you do show courage, by the way, we admire you. We think, thank you for showing us what a real man is, a, a real a specimen of masculinity. That's what we like. We, what's the expression? You know, women want to be with him and men want to be just like him, Right. And there's something to that. Yeah, and, and, and to make, uh, to just put a bow on that point. Remember when Chaz Bono was on Dancing with the Stars? What was the compliment in finger quotes he was always getting? Chaz, you're so courageous. Huh. You're such a courageous oh, man. Merely for doing the. Uh... Well, for whatever reason. Yeah, were, yeah. But you know he's man now. So. Right. He has to be courageous. Oh, I see. Yes, that's right. And if it's a if it's a man becoming a lady, you're so elegant. You're so, you're so elegant. beautiful, yeah. Caitlin. So you're gracious. So, so, so gracious. Yeah, so yeah. feminine. Yeah, that's right? a good point. That's a really good point. But 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 we don't like it. We the whole point is that we we want, we don't like this blending of things. That's we, incongruous. There's a, it's incongruous. We we have a sense that you're violating the the distinction that that is is inherent in us all. And so the question is. You know, these things will never change, and you don't have to like the fact that they will never change, but it will never become a day where somehow we're all, you know, people will just wear whatever they want to wear, and, you know, they feel like a a woman on Wednesday, and now that they're a man on Tuesday, it it doesn't work. It, It will never work that way. It will never be respected at the very least. Why do I know this? Because... It's not, we haven't just arrived on the planet yesterday. We have the advantage of history. We know what men were always appreciated for. We know what women were always appreciated for. Beauty was always the issue for women and nurturing and taking care of families and virtue in that department. And men were always about conquest. And, and it's always going to be that way. It's just the same thing over and over again. In the same way that we've always had language to communicate with each other, yeah, uh, the, the, this differentiation between men and women also helps propel civilization to go forward. Basic. And that's something that I, I don't really ever want to change. I don't expect it to change. The things that will change, innovation, creativity, arts, sciences, and, and discoveries, all those things are fashion. good. Even fashion. Yeah. But, but, but not some basic core values, uh, core distinctions, I should say. Um, and, and we talked about how the, 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 the way to be strong internationally will always uh, be the, the same way. It'll always be that by showing power, by projecting power. We showed that, that if, you, if you do not, if you encourage people to be lazy, they will take that, that encouragement, and they will be lazy. If you, if you don't show uh, respect for law and order, and if that changes and you diminish the, the, the value of a cop and uh, the sense of his authority, well, then you're going to have more crime. The, the, these are basic things, and that will always be the way. 
So respect authority, and, and it should always be that in the future as well. Likewise with the value of honesty. Likewise with the differences between men and women. There's so many of these things, and I hope they don't change. And here's the question I have to my, I suppose, liberal listeners, because it's generally speaking the liberals that want to eviscerate these distinctions. I ask you, what, what things do you hope will never change? Is there something? And what is it? Is it, you know, the sense of family that, that you hope will never change? Is it the hope of that men and women will always have their separate roles, at least in the general sense? What is it? Because if you can't figure out that some things are timeless and they should never change, then maybe you ought to question your whole paradigm and of your worldview in the first place. All right. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you had a case where your client invested $100,000 with her accountant who put her into various fake real estate investments. Yes, the challenge here was that neither the attorney nor the client were really focusing on this case. So what'd you do? At the deposition, I had a big stack of documents that I told her I was going to ask her to testify about. I made sure she saw those documents and let her know her serious exposure. We settled for the full amount of the payments my client had paid her. We didn't even start the deposition. Litigation is a lot about understanding the psychology of your opposing party and sometimes the opposing counsel. I'll say another success. I trust Barack Lurie with my own legalities. Call him at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie and Seltzer. 866-575-8111. And now listen to the Barack Lurie Show Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on AM870, The Answer. here with Ari David. Thanks so much for tuning back in. Uh, again, just a, a shout out to, uh, if you could please uh, go ahead and, and mention to your friends about uh, this podcast. I think you uh, like it a lot. You're obviously listening to it quite a bit. We'd love to double, even triple the listenership. We're doing so well. I'm, I'm really thrilled to have this. Anyway, uh, now it's time to talk about, uh, we talked to the, the previous half about how uh, we have uh, things that, that are not changing and should never change, right? Now, one of those things is our relationship with the animals. One of the things we don't want to, to change is the notion that somehow, uh, but is the notion that humans are distinct from animals. We don't want that to change. We don't want them to say we're just merely more sophisticated animals. And what is sophistication, after all? Maybe the fact that we're brighter, that we have more capacity to understand and appreciate the universe, well, why does that make us better? Right? I mean, is, is, uh, is the value of somebody who's a genius IQ of, of 165, uh, is he somehow more valuable to society than, than the janitor who cleans up every day? The answer is no, right? But, and, and they'll say that, and they'll say that in the context of animals. Well, then why, why aren't animals, which have you know, very little IQ compared to a human, why are they any less worthy of life than, than a human? I'll tell you why. Because humans are made in God's image, right? Humans have free will. 
there's there are so many distinctions between humans and animals that it goes beyond uh, any any ability to, to reason deeply in this. Okay, uh, I, I have a tallying list on my iPhone. I, I every time I think of a difference between humans and animals, I add it to that list. Right? There's a there's a certain segment so that I'm always on. And by the way, it's a Google document so that I could get it anywhere. I don't have to race to my phone. I can get it anywhere else. Right? <laughs> so it's. I think I'm up to like. Uh, I think about 120 differences. And these are differences that go way beyond the obvious ones, like, well, humans don't have a tail, humans wear clothing, humans talk in a sophisticated way, um, humans stand upright, um, and you can go on and on, right? Um, but, then, but then there's, you know, the incredible distinctions. And, and there's so many more that goes beyond the, the, the smaller things like, um, that we have a sense of beauty and a sense of purpose and a sense of the future and the sense of the past and the sense of who our, our parents were and, I mean, and what they did for... I mean, it, it, it goes way beyond anything that you could claim that animals have, a sense of creativity. Uh, you know what? I'm wasting time here because it re- literally goes to 120 so far. And that's only In because other words, it's a whole episode. Yeah, my, if we want to right. do it. <laughs> my imagination just doesn't stretch that far yet. I'm still going. There's another one, imagination. I better I, write that down. I just thought of one. We have the capacity to turn down an opportunity to mate. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's true. But we're not, you know, the females don't go in heat, right? I mean, it's, it's um, you, you brought up one a long, long time ago that I liked very much, um, that we humans love stories. Animals don't know what a story is, right? <laughs> so anyway, you can go on and on about this, and the distinctions are very, very significant. So I write this down all the time, and it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun for me. Now, why do I bring this all up? Because in the context of, of, uh, of things that should never change, this is one of those things. And what we're seeing is a... Um, a metamorphosis, what, so it's a mixing, uh, a blending of the animals and the humans in, in a strange way. And of course, we're not talking about people deciding to marry their, their gorilla pets or, or their dogs or whatever it is. Well, I tell you, they are about the dogs. But it's an interesting yeah, wait, thing wait. because it's going both ways. There's a blurring t- of humans towards animalistic behavior and a blurring of animals towards the human. That's what I'm going to get to. Um, but we're talking about so much blending, right? We're talking about. What, what, you know, marriage can be anything now, at least, you know, well, they say, no, no, it's only that they should be gay marriage is also, also the same thing as heterosexual marriage. No, no, you're, you, you when it, when actually come, push comes to shove and some couple says, we want to marry the three of us together. And uh, you're going to be saying the same thing you said before. What does it hurt my marriage? As long as those three people love each other, what do I care? Right? As long as nobody's no abusing anybody else and so on. Now comes the animals. And I'm, t- I'm telling you that there's a blurring of the lines that's, that's starting right now. How so, you ask? Uh, there was a recent um, you know, tragedy. Uh, you want to call it a tragedy, it's fine. Uh, a gorilla in a zoo in Cincinnati, I believe, um, found a child that had fallen into its, um, its habitat in the zoo. And the gorilla managed to get a hold of the baby and was dragging the baby. Thankfully, the baby is absolutely fine at this point. But the zookeepers had to make a decision, and they very quickly decided to kill the gorilla. Now, uh, they kill the gorilla, and the baby's totally safe, 
and I hope he doesn't have any trauma out of it. But from a physical point of view, baby's totally fine. And I, I'm, I say to, the, uh, to that the following, thank God, okay? They made the right decision. You kill the friggin' gorilla, okay? There was no, this is not a, um, a hard decision. This was not one where you wonder, well, gosh, could we have done things differently? This is not a Hiroshima question, right? And even that, I would say, is a fairly straightforward question. So maybe it is a Hiroshima question. Yeah, it is a Hiroshima Come to think of it, yeah. Uh, but, you know, but this is not a question of, I don't know, you, you, you come up with a, a more dicey uh, a moral dilemma. There is not a moral dilemma here, okay? That you kill the frigging gorilla. So, so why am I bringing this all up? Because, you know, you say, on the one hand, uh, you know, we're talking about this and moral dilemma. There are two things that go, go on here. One is um, that we, we anthropomorphize animals so much these days that we, we think of them as, uh, as one of us, we, we, that, that somehow they're entitled to as much of a right to life as, as, as we are. And, the, and that's, that's a bad, bad mistake. Um, they are different. Animals are, are not there in the same context that humans are there. Uh, there's a purpose for humans that is far different than a purpose for, for animals. That's one thing. Uh, the second thing is that we are uh, giving names to animals. And, and once you give an animal a name, it changes the whole dynamic, right? What was the name of the gorilla? Harambe. Harambe, okay. So suddenly we had to kill Harambe. We didn't kill a gorilla in the zoo. Or the gorilla. <laughs> whatever. No, a gorilla. A gorilla yeah. in the zoo is even more, you know, kind of whatever. It, yeah. it's, it's, it's just more it's un- an anonymous undefined. Gorilla. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was a gorilla and he was attacking. No, but it's Harambe. Well, then we killed Harambe. And, and, and the funny thing is, you know, only humans should receive names, okay? And, and perhaps they're pets. But humans get names, just in the same way that humans have clothes, okay? If you see a, a, a gorilla with clothes, you think to yourself, that's odd, right? <laughs> you, you would say, gosh, that, that, does not, <laughs> that does not jibe with what I want reality to be, right? <laughs> you know, in the same way that we kind of, you know, throw ourselves, uh, you know, off a little bit when we see somebody, a man wearing women's clothing, right? You think that's bizarre. And so say, you like that one. But you see a gorilla or, you know, a giraffe, whatever you want. It's, it just doesn't make sense to us. Yeah, dogs with sweaters, monkeys with diapers. Right. It doesn't fit. Right. And likewise, animals with names. There's a reason why we give names to humans and not names to animals. Now, look, if you are, what's her name? The, the, uh, Jane Austen, no, Jane, uh, Jane Goodall. Goodall. Jane Goodall. And you, you know, you're studying these gorillas and you're with a, a pack of gorillas and such like that. And you need to differentiate one from the other for your own purposes to understand the social behavior. Okay, I guess you can get, give them names. And Jane Goodall, God bless you. I, I understand what you're doing and such. And you want to understand them. But your whole purpose is wrong. You, you, you want to elevate them to the status of a, human, uh, of a human status. They're just not the same. Okay? And, and I say that, my friends, with a great amount of credibility. Why? Because I'm a vegan. As you've, you've heard this before on this, radio, on this podcast and on my Sunday show, I've announced many times that I'm a vegan. From time to time, I, I will have some fish, so I guess it's not a pure vegan. Uh, but I'm, I'm actually going straying away from fish as well now. So you, you may think, oh, the, Brock Lurie, a crazy vegan, one of those guys, he's for PETA. No, please do not make the assumption that all vegans are the same. Just like you can't make the assumption uh, that all 
Christians are liberal because a couple of Christians are liberal. I mean, right? You wouldn't make that assumption. Um, not all vegans are outspoken, outspoken maniacs like the pedo guys, okay? In fact, many of us are conservative, um, have a sense of justice, have a sense of, of the role of the animals in our lives, and they're not the same thing as humans, okay? We, we, and I'm one of those people, okay? And the reason why you're not hearing me speak up about it is because, uh, you know, frankly, it's, it doesn't animate my life. I'm not one of these losers that, 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 that identifies them, themselves solely in the context of what they eat, right? I mean, I'm, I'm first and foremost, we, we talked before about uh, definitions, right? Uh, abortion, right? We said uh, pro-life and pro-choice, right? And that, that term didn't even exist, until the time that abortion suddenly became legal and the, the allowing it became the law of the land. Okay, well, then that created new definitions, right? And, and likewise, we, we, you know, the old days, if you didn't eat meat and, and uh, dairy or whatever, you would just be a guy that didn't eat meat or dairy. Or you were called poor and starving to death, right? <laughs> well, you know what? Back in the, in the 1800s, people didn't eat meat or dairy except under very unusual circumstances. Why? Because it was very expensive. Okay, and, and anyway, you would only eat if it was fresh, right there, kind of thing. Well, it but let's get, let's let's get, let's yes. get off on that topic. The point is that there was not a name for it, and all of a sudden, well, now there's a name for it. People who don't eat meat and dairy are called vegans. Okay, good. I'm a vegan. Fine, but it's not my first identity. My first identity, guess what, is uh, is is a believer. I, I my faith is very strong. My my love of God is very strong. That's that's what I want you to remember. If you see me walking down the street, I would like you to first think of me as somebody who, to whom God is is the most animating force in his life. Okay. Then I want you to think of me as a father and somebody who loves being a father. Then I want you to think of me as an American and and loves being American. Right. And, and then I want you to think of me as a Jew <laughs> and, and somebody who loves Jew. That's, I guess that's wrapped up with the God thing. And then I want you to think of me as a lawyer, right? And, and, I, and I do love being a lawyer, but it's not my first identity. And yeah, the fact that I'm a, uh, I don't eat meat and, and uh, dairy, uh, yeah, okay, fine. You want to call me a vegan, call me a vegan. But uh, that's not my first order of business, for crying out loud. <laughs> so you're not a hyphenate, a vegan yeah, a vegan American. God, a vegan a man of justice, a vegan American. <laughs> right, exactly. A vegan family yeah. father. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, and, and by the way, and, and so why am I uh, this way, you may ask? The, the reason why it's for health reasons. I, I do think that, uh, you know, eschewing meat and uh, dairy is very healthy for you. And that doesn't mean there should be zero times. I, I, have, I have to do it zero because I know if I have even one hamburger, then I'll want to, it'll give me an excuse to have another hamburger and so on like that. I've, I've actually lost a taste for meat altogether. And I, I feel fantastic as a result of it. I, my digestive system is great. My skin feels great. I've lost a lot of weight as a result of it. My cholesterol's fantastically low as a result of it. Look, you know, and who knows? Maybe I'll be run over by a bus tomorrow. But uh, <laughs> while you go jogging, that's right. Yeah, right, exactly. But I'll feel good just moments before. <laughs> so I, I feel good, right? My health is strong. But I don't. I'm not a vegan because many people assume that a vegan is a vegan because they they are opposed to any suffering of animals and that animals are elevated to the level of human status. Uh, I, I don't believe that. Look, the fact that I'm not 
contributing to the to any cruelty to animals, hey, thumbs up on that. I, I'm I'm good with that, and I'm very happy that my sense of health goes, you know, dovetails very nicely with avoiding killing animals. Great. Okay, I'm I'm very happy about that. However, I want you to know very clearly, my fellow uh, vegans, that if I believed, if I were to come to learn that eating meat every day, and in fact nothing but meat, was good for you, I would be eating meat all the time, okay? Because it's healthy, because it's natural. If, if I were to believe, I, I think the exact opposite, but if somebody were to convince me, yeah, I'm not stupid, I'll do it. Okay, and, and likewise, uh, if, if you were to tell me that antibiotics is the answer with the meat and, and don't even do organic, I'll do that too. So I, I just follow where the health takes me, and that's why I, I guess I'm a vegan at this point. But these vegans, and now going back to the main point, these vegans, they, they completely, uh, a lot of the vegans, of course, and I would say about half of them, and, and, and I want you to know this because I studied this deeply, because I'm interested in my fellow vegans. It's a, it is important to me how I eat, and my kids also eat healthy too. So I, I, asked, I posted on Facebook at one point, and there's a vegan group there. So I posted a question, which is, how many of us are conservative and how many of us, of us are, are liberal? Please chime in. And I got to tell you, about half of them were conservative and half liberal. I, I'm pleased to say that. I thought I was actually going to be something like 90% and 10% liberal conservative. But I was wrong. It's 50-50. So I'm happy about that. But it's the, it's the vocality, that, that, how vocal they are, that makes you think that all these vegans are liberal nuts. Um, and, and what you're hearing, what you perceive to be liberal nuts, is just those who are super-duper vocal about their veganism. All right. So now I've explained my bona fides, right, because I'm a, a vegan, as I said. Yeah, you're not known as an animal uh, Auschwitz guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not one of those funny guys that say, you know, damn you vegans. On the contrary, I, I appreciate you vegans, and we have a lot to, uh, to talk, talk about, and, and I like to think outside the box, and that's part of the reason why I'm a vegan. Okay, great. But this thing about naming animals, this thing uh, like um, Harambe, the, the gorilla, and then Cecil the lion, if you remember yeah, that, Cecil the dentist, the Cecil the lion. Uh, thank you. You're, you're correcting the pronunciation as if it matters. <laughs> Crap. As if the lion says, it's Cecil. That's how you pronounce my name, right? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's an absurd scenario. It, it, but I mean, I, I know you were joking around about it a lot, but that's not the point. The point is that the, the animal doesn't think of itself as, as having its own identity. Oh, there's another distinction. I didn't even think about that. I'm going to add that to my 120 plus list, right? That, that an animal has its own sense of identity, right? <laughs> oh, my God, you're right? right. It's a good point. And yet we give him an identity all of a sudden. Remind me to, to, to note that down in my, oh, it's, my Google Oh, I don't account. have to remind you. It's well, that's true. It's, it's there. And, and, and we give him an identity. He's completely oblivious Oblivious. About. He doesn't know it. That's why I said, you know, it's a, let alone the mispronunciation of it, Cecil versus Cecil, right? As if he could even say it. Yeah. All right. So the point is that, but once you give the name to, some, to, to an animal, you see, you're cheating. Because what you're doing is you're anthropomorphizing the, the lion or, the, or the, the, um, the gorilla or what have you, giraffe. And you're, you're, you're confusing people and saying, think of this animal like a human, like you would think a human, that has its own individuality, that it has a connection to God and so on. But you shouldn't. It's a giraffe. It's a gorilla. It's a lion. Or a cockroach. Right. right. Yeah. And, and I think... Um 
it, it does something because the story of Cecil, I mean, of Harambe, and this is going to sound horribly cruel to those on the ideological opposition side right. to us, is what is called in the news media, in actuality, the feel good story of the day. Boy falls into the gorilla moat. Gorilla menaces boy. Boy survives. Right. Who cares how the boy survived? Right. Boy survived. Feel good. Reunited with mom and dad. Instead, this the media took it and went. Harambe murdered today in cold yeah. blood. Murdered. We must murdered. have justice for Harambe. Well, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because the word murder only applies to humans. Oh, right. Item 417 to the <laughs> Right, exactly right. <laughs> so murder only applies to that. Well, that's because we specifically only humanize it. But but that sense of murder, it's a, it comes like you are killing this for your own personal advantage. You're taking away a life. Whereas in the animal kingdom, there's no sense of murder. You, you know, a, a, a lion doesn't look at that, high, you know, that antelope and say, I plan to murder that. I hate him so much. <laughs> no, I want him dead. I, I want, want his family dead. dead. <laughs> I want his family dead. That's right. <laughs> the and lion like, just goes, I'm hungry. <laughs> that's right. Just hungry. That's all it is. And that's not murder. It's Anyway, you get the idea. You can't murder an animal. It just there's, there's no such thing. Now, you could be criminalized. For uh, you know, killing an animal um, that might be belong to somebody else's um, somebody else's property. A dog is the is owned by a an owner, um, and if you kill that, well, then you're killing somebody's property, and it could be very extensive because how do you value that and such? But but make no mistake, this is not murder. It's it's destroying an animal. That's what it is. Destroying an animal. Yeah, or animal cruelty. Unnecessary. That's cruelty. another thing. Unnecessary cruelty. Yeah. There is a sense that we all have that we don't want to inflict cruelty unnecessarily upon an animal, and and that should also be criminalized. And I say that as both a vegan and a non-vegan. I, I think that we all feel that way. That you you non-vegans out there, you're not for cru- you know cruelly treating animals. Uh, you're, you're for maybe eating the animals. You, you may not realize that in some contexts the eating of, of animals leads to cruelty. I get that. But putting that aside, you, you would never be for, you, you happen to see, let's say, uh, a coyote. There are some coyotes in, in these areas here in Los Angeles. And if you see some man decide to kill this coyote and he kills him in, in a very cruel way, uh, you know, you would hope, and I, and I think all the listeners here would say, you gotta, you gotta criminalize this guy. It doesn't matter that's a coyote. There's, there's no, there's no justification for treating an animal cruelly like that. You may shoot the, the, the coyote and kill him dead on the spot. That's fine, okay, because it might be a menace to the, to the community, or you might capture him and then put him in animal control. But that's it, right? But this, this blending of animals and uh, humans, it's something that we're, we're not seeing as often. Um, in discussion, and it's going to be more and more like this. And, and why do I say that? Because because of Harambe, as Harambe in quotes, because of Cecil in, and Cecil in quotes, because this is the way that that the media now attacks it. They they assign a name to this animal, and all of a sudden, you know, the, the dentist who killed the lion <clears throat> suddenly, you know, uh, a persona non grata, and and he's got people in front of his lawn where, and he's rightly saying, "I'm just a, a normal safari guy. I, I I go and I I kill the lion that I was entitled to do. I was right on the, in the the right place. Maybe it was a lion that belonged to a certain sanctuary, but I didn't know that. 
but don't don't jump on on me because of this. It suddenly becomes very much analogous to Trayvon or Michael yeah. Brown, right. an individual with a name killed for whatever reason. Right. The, the the reason doesn't matter. It suddenly becomes a story of uh, a wrongful death somehow right. of an he, individual we now have a name to. Right. And here comes the danger of blurring these lines, <clears throat> because. When you love Cecil the lion, when you love Harambe the gorilla, and your whole emotion goes into it, and you, you're not giving a crap about what's happening to the Yazidis, what's happening to all the victims of ISIS and the, uh, the mullahs in Iran and what the Saudis are doing to their women, and, and to say nothing of what they do to their own pets there, too, <clears throat> that's, that's the outrage. And one more point, uh, piggybacked on top of that. Do you notice how the media, when an, a, a human being is murdered, they only give the murderer's name, and they say, we're not going to give the name of the victim for the protection or the privacy of the family, so only the murderer gets the benefit of well, being certainly, named? Yeah, actually, the, the murdered often does get named because they're, they're dead now. Yeah, but, but later on, it's a lot of it can be a lot, but I, I think you're thinking of rape victims, and that, that for sure, they, they tend to uh, not disclose the name. They do focus on the, the perpetrator and not the, the victim. And the victim may not want that because she doesn't want, generally she doesn't want the world to know that she's been raped and it's, uh, there's, a, there's a social stigma to that. And I, you know, I understand that. There's a, there's a, um, yeah, that's fine. I'm there's a sense of violation. About, I'm only talking about murder <clears throat> here. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree. Dead. I agree. Um, anyway, <clears throat> this is the blend. This is, this is how people, they're so righteous about Harambe or Cecil or any other animal that has a name and they don't give a crap about the thousands of people that are being murdered and raped and brutally tortured in other areas of the world and prisons and such. They have to focus all their love and attention on a, a friggin' gorilla, a friggin' lion. This, this, is, this is the worthy of the news cycle, you understand. And by the way, and, and these same people, they're such hypocrites. And this is the vegan me now coming out. Uh, you know, if, if a cow, if they, none of the cows have a name. All the cows that they eat, why, why is a cow less valued than the gorilla? Why? You can't give me a meaningful answer. They're both mammals. I mean, but, but, but who cares whether they're both mammals? What, what if it's an insect? Why, why, under your rubric, why would it matter whether it's an insect versus a mammal, right? I mean, you've made it clear that it doesn't matter the level of intelligence or the level of self-awareness that an animal has that justifies its, its existence on the planet. So... At the same time, you'll be perfectly happy to stomp on a cockroach. Why? Where's your distinction, my friend? What what happens that makes you so love this gorilla, that makes you so love this lion, notwithstanding that, that a human was in tremendous danger and a baby human at that? Yeah, and to that point... I'm still waiting to hear the name of that baby, that three-year-old or four-year-old kid, mm, good repeated point. enough that I can remember it. Yeah, I, I don't remember it. I'm sure that the name was given out, but... It was, but it wasn't repeated yeah. in echo chamber. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, look, to a lot of extent, we, we on this podcast point out a lot of inconsistencies, right? That's kind of a theme that we have in this podcast. It, it shows us, it kind of brings clarity to the way that our friends on the left think, but... It, it, it also is a clarification of the blurring of the lines. And I, I fear for the blurring of the lines. It's yet another distinction that, that is eviscerating, that, 
that people think it's okay to eviscerate, that they, and, and it's only because their sense of godlessness is now just greater and greater in our society. That's what's happening. And without God, you, it's like taking the sun away from the solar system and the planets just kind of don't know where to go. And they just kind of scatter throughout the solar, uh, not the, the solar system, they scatter throughout the galaxy. Yeah, then they scatter in darkness. In darkness, too. yeah. The opposite of enlightenment, yeah. if you think about it that way. So be careful what happens when you take away God from the equation. You get nonsense just like this. You get people talking about... Trans, about mixing the bathrooms. You get people talking about how anyone can get married so long as there's love involved. You, you get people talking about, uh, you know, uh, you know, having ch- uh, sex with children and that that somehow is okay. And you talk about incest and polygamy and 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 then animals. The animals are somehow elevated to the same status. This is a nonsensical world. And be careful. Be careful what you are are okay with in the change department. Because some things will never change, and some things should never change. I'm Barack Lurie. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk with you next week. And don't forget, talk to your friends about this podcast. We'd like to really double, triple, or even quadruple the listenership. All the best. Talk to you next week.